Please turn with me this evening to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and I read verse 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven, that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea, that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? For the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. My well, friends, we're looking this evening at uh, these uh, few verses uh, which uh, Moses is preaching to the children of Israel. And my uh, subject, my title is A User-Friendly Gospel. A User-Friendly Gospel. That's what the gospel is. Well, we'll see, we'll see what, what I mean in a moment. But uh, just to tell you about a man I was talking to yesterday and in, the, in the streets, and uh, we were out there witnessing as a church, and uh, this man, I was trying to explain to him a little bit about the cross and what it meant that Christ died on the cross. And he didn't really want to listen. He didn't really want to hear what I had to say, but he did say this to me. He says, we cannot understand Christ. He wasn't of any particular religious belief himself. He, uh, he, he said he, was, he held no opinion, but he said, we cannot understand Christ. What he did is all a mystery to us. It's all a mystery. It's all hidden uh, from us. Oh, friends, nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be, could be more wrong than what this man has said. What good is it to us to know all about Christ, uh, that, that he came from heaven, the Son of God came from heaven, came into this world, suffered and died uh, on the cross, and for it all to be just a mystery to us, something that is beyond our comprehension and we have no understanding or we know the facts that he did all these things but why did he come what's his purpose in coming what's he what's he teaching us what does why did he die on the cross was it all an accident was there purpose behind it all these things he says are beyond us but friends if it's all a mystery and way beyond my understanding what good is that to me as a sinner who needs to be saved as a sinner who needs a savior why should i commit my soul to a mysterious person a person that it would be like blind faith just entrusting myself to somebody i don't really know anything about well thankfully friends uh, god is kinder and wiser than men are he wants us to know he wants you and I to understand the gospel. He wants us to see clearly the way to be saved. He wants us to know clearly the way to heaven. All that we need to know, He has explained it to us. And He explains it to us and speaks to us, not in riddles, not in ways that are beyond our level of understanding. He comes down to our level to make it very plain and easy for us to understand. This is what we mean when we, I say it's a user-friendly gospel. 
Uh, it's it's a, a gospel that has depth to it, absolutely, but in the way that God communicates it to us and makes it known to us. He does it in a very straightforward manner. The gospel, the way to be right with God, it's an open book. It's understandable. How can I be forgiven my sins? Well, you don't need to rack your brains about this. God has told you. God has told us in words that are black and white, plain and easy to grasp. How can I have a personal relationship with the living God? How can I die in a peace? How can I find peace in this troubled world? How can I know peace in my conscience? Oh, I'm tossed to and fro here and there and everywhere, and I don't know where to find any peace. I'm disturbed. All, I'm all over the place. Is there any peace in this world? Yes, there is. When you find peace with God, there is peace comes also to our minds and to our souls. How can I go to heaven? Is it possible even that I can go to heaven? What must I do to go to heaven? The answers, friends, to these life's crucial questions are simply stated in the Bible, clearly stated. These, friends, oh, these questions, they are the most important question you can ever ask. It's a matter of life and death. And because it's so important and so crucial, God is not going to mix things up. God is going to not speak to us in a hazy way. It's crucial because our eternal destiny depends upon this knowledge and being clear about it. And so God speaks to us in a very simple and direct and clear manner. It's not like sometimes on the planes. Well, if you've traveled on a plane, as uh, I have on a number of occasions, and you know, you get all, uh, pre-flight, you get the information coming through to you, the safety information from the air stewardesses, and you've got the videos, and uh, you can even read it on the card in front of you. Well, I, to be honest, if there really was, I was really caught in a crash or something happened, I would still be a little bit confused what to do, because I'm not really sure, because uh, do this, do that, you know, you've got the oxygen mask, you've got to put your head down, you've got to look, left, right, and I, I'm not sure exactly what to do. I cannot re remember everything that's said to me, even though I've heard it so many times. Give me something simple. But that's, here, here we're talking about eternal life, eternal death, and God speaks to us in a very simple way, so much so that a child can grasp it. You can pick it up, pick up the Bible, you can read it for yourself, you can grasp its teachings, it's a user-friendly gospel. Well, here, Moses is in the midst of his sermon. He's preaching the gospel. And uh, we're joining him in the middle of the sermon, actually. And he's been preaching to Israel about God's grace. He's been telling them, don't trust in your works. Don't trust in the law. Don't try and keep the Ten Commandments in order to be saved. You can't do it. You need God to be gracious unto you. You need to come in repentance to Him, and you need to just bow before Him and humble yourself before Him, and you need to ask that Him to forgive you, and you need to trust in the Messiah that is to come. That is the message that He is conveying to the children of Israel. This is the, this is the gospel, not the law, that He is preaching. In verse 1, He talks about... Uh, a future time, in fact, 
uh, when Israel would be, in a, because of their disobedience, they would be driven to a foreign land. But uh, he, what he's saying here, even though it's talked about the future, it's also applicable for the children of Israel that he's speaking to. The same principle. And the same things are applicable for you and I. And that, that is that if we, when we realize that we have disobeyed God and sinned against Him, and then verse 2, then we return to the Lord and turn back to Him. And then He will, in, in repentance, and we humble ourselves before Him. And as I've said, we look to Christ and we trust in the Messiah. Then the Lord will have pity upon us, verse 3. Then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee. And we turn to the Lord. He will have compassion upon us. And He will have mercy upon us if we return humbly to Him, trusting and believing in the Savior. And then verse 6, as a part of our repentance and conversion back to God, He will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. He will give you a new heart when you turn back to him. He will make you a spiritual person, a spiritual man, a spiritual woman. He will give you a love for God which you don't, didn't have before. And from that, as he goes on to say, verse 9, and the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thy hand and the fruit of thy body and so on. And then the end, for the Lord thy will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. Blessings will flow. Blessings will come your way. Favor from the Lord when you and if you return uh, to the Lord. It's very simple, isn't it, friends? The message is very simple from God. Return to me. Humble yourself before me. Leave your sins. Trust in Christ. And I will bless you. And I will save you. And I will forgive your sins. And I will take you uh, to heaven. This is it, friends. Verse 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee. The gospel, the words of the way of salvation, God doesn't hide it from us. <laughs> Today, so much is hidden from us, isn't it, by our fellow human beings. Uh, the government keeps back a lot of information from the public. Do we really know what happens behind that black door of number 10 Downing Street? I think we don't even know half of really what's happened. It's hidden from you and me, the ordinary folks. Today, or these days, we have the Freedom of Information Act, and you can request uh, public authorities and say, well, I have a right to know, and that, that's part of uh, their, uh, what they say. Is, you have a right to know. And we, well, we may request information, but they don't guarantee that we'll give it to you. They can still hold it back. They can still decide, no, we're not giving you this information for such and such a cause. It's hidden from us. You remember as well when that report went, was going on of, about all the activities into, uh, into number 10, Downing Street, actually, uh, during the COVID time. And everyone, an uh, independent inquiry was set up and everyone was waiting anxiously for the report to come out. And when it came out, what happened? 
you read, read through it, and so much of it was redacted. And the important parts, which people wanted to know, was hidden again from us. And uh, we, we couldn't get access to it. And only this week, again, we saw another example of this. A U.S. court judge released previously sealed documents relating to a, a high-profile sex offender. And but the thing was, he didn't release all the documents. He kept back the vast majority of documents. Now only released a very small part of it, hidden from us. So much that should be in the public domain is hidden from us. But that's not how God works. Oh yes, there are certain things which he hasn't revealed to us, but we don't need to know those things. There are certain things which he has decided what's going to happen in the future, when's the world's going to end, when Christ is going to come back, the day of his coming. Those things are hidden from us. We don't need to know that information. But what is important to us? Oh, he's made it clear. He's made it accessible to you and I. The important information is clearly revealed. And just so that you get the message, he repeats it again and again and again to you in simple ways and in different ways. He sometimes in the, maybe in a parable form, sometimes in direct teaching, but there's that repeated bringing of that information before you so that you can hear it and you can receive it. God wants to make sure you get it. Have you got it, friends? God is, wants you to understand salvation is too important, far, far important to be misunderstood. And so it comes in this accessible way, plain and open uh, in the Scriptures. And also we can say the gospel of Christ is not hidden in another way, in, this, in the sense that the language that is used the language that God uses when he communicates with us is jargon-free. It's not overly technical language. It's not scientific uh, jargon. It's not mysterious doctrines that are put before us. Not, nothing that is enigmatic and cryptic and obscure and uh, abstract and ambiguous. When we're talking about the way of salvation, it's here in, uh, clearly in easy-to-understand language. The way of salvation, friends, is not rocket science. It's not something that you need a PhD to understand it. Oh, yes, as we said, it has a depth to it. And it's wonderful the more you think about it uh, and, and realize what Christ has done, that the Son of God should leave heaven and come into this world, take upon himself a, a human uh, nature and live amongst us and be amongst us and then at the end go to the cross and die and give himself for us. We can, that's, that's amazing. That's fascinating to us. We cannot fully grasp it. The angels even look on in awe at what the Son of God is doing. But the actual facts of it, it's, we know it, isn't it? He can understand that, that Christ did these things for us. But it's spoken to us in a way that we can understand the explanations of what he did. Well, they're easy to grasp and to follow. Friends, when God speaks to, to us, 
It's like a father speaking to his child, his young child. He doesn't use great highfalutin language. He comes down and he draws near to his child and he tries to use as simple words as he can to make his child to understand what he wants him to understand. And that's how God draws near to you and me in the scriptures and wants and speaks to us in this fatherly way. Then we can also say the gospel message, friends, can be understood in a relatively short time. <laughs> it's, it doesn't need to be, you know, years and years of study. You know, just a few days perhaps, or maybe in just one half hour of listening to a sermon, or you can get it in such a short time. The most important information ever that you need in life. You can get it in a short moment of time. It will be yours. And it will, the consequences of receiving it, believing it, accepting it, well, they're eternal. They, can take, they will take you into life in this world and in the world to come. Your eternal destiny, friends, uh, can, be, can be decided by grasping these things in just a short period of time. So different, isn't it, again, from our experiences in this life. You want to learn, like I did, I want to learn a foreign language. I, want to, I spent hours upon hours upon hours rote learning Chinese. And then I, 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 I again, repeating the, the same words. It was dull, it was boring at times. And grammar and all these different things you have to learn. And then at the end of the day, you've only reached the basic level. Yeah, we can't, you have to spend hours more to advance further, or you learn a musical instrument. You know how you have to practice hour upon hour to gain any measure of proficiency in playing that, that instrument. Or you want to know how perhaps a car works, and you want to be able to fix a car. Well, it doesn't happen overnight. You need to perhaps go to college, or you need to, to gain an apprentice, you need to watch how it's done, you need to get your hands dirty, you need the theory and you need the practice, both of them. Uh, and after maybe a few years, then you can be a, your own, a mechanic in your own right. But it takes such a long time to achieve these things. But with the gospel, it's not uh, like this. Friends, you don't need to wait a long time, you don't need to spend hours upon hours, you can gain it in a moment of time. In a short period of time, this is the wonder of the gospel. You don't need to be somebody who goes on mastermind or somebody who can do the most difficult questions, who can complete the Times crossword or something like that. You can be a you're simple person. This is the gospel for simple people, for all kinds of people. But it's accessible uh, to us. This way of salvation, friends, another reason why it must be plain and simple and easily attainable is in need, it's to humble us. It needs to teach us, it's to teach us the way of grace. The way I just come, I repent, I trust in Christ, nothing of myself contributing to salvation. Yes, that's the way it is. That's so simple. Yes. But it keeps us from pride because if I spend hours upon hours upon hours uh, studying the way of salvation, and, and then I think, yes, I know it. Then what will happen? I will boast about it. 
I would say how wonderful I am. I achieved my, my, my salvation. If we had to exercise all our mental powers and burn that midnight oil, then I would take credit to myself. I, but I can't. When it comes to me in a simple way, I have to say this is all of grace. This is God's doing. And I'm deprived of that uh, desire to, to take pride or to put my uh, to, uh, hands upon what God has done is taken away from me. But friends, let's move on very quickly. Uh, number, the second part of verse 11, it's neither is it far off uh, from thee. Verse 12, it is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. This knowledge is not shut up, it's not sealed, in, in a, not locked up in some vault in, in heaven. Oh, friends, out of the reach uh, of uh, those of us who are on, on earth, how, how uh, d disappointing that would be, how despairing that would be. It, you can sort of almost feel it in that, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. It's like a despairing cry, oh, it's so far away. We can never access this. It's, it's hidden away in heaven. How can we get to heaven and receive this kind of knowledge uh, for ourselves? And uh, how do we know how to be right with God if it's, that knowledge is stuck up there in heaven? It's out of our, our way. It's so far from us. And Moses says, no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not. Don't, don't speak like that, he's saying. The word is near you. It will, we would be without hope if it was so far away, so unattainable. But he says it's here now, it's nearby, it's in your possession, it's being preached to you. Verse 13, neither is it beyond the sea that I should say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. It's not across the ocean, so far across the ocean, that again you have to take such a long journey to get this information. It's not on the other side of the world. It's on your doorstep. It's in your hands. It's in your lap, as it were. No, friends, even closer than that, verse 14, the word is very nigh thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest uh, do it. It's so close by. It's in your mouth or in your teacher's mouth, you could say. You're hearing it from other people. They're telling you about it. The Christian friends are telling you about it. The preacher is telling you about it. You are, it's in your heart, in your mind. You're being brought to think about these things. And this is what the Lord does. You can read, friends, of the gospel in your Bible. It's there. You have it with you. You can open it and read it for yourself. It's not in heaven. It's not far away across. It's not in a different language. It's in your own language. You have it. You have access to it. You can read it online. You can read it on your mobile phone. You can take it with you. You can listen to a sermon. Uh, or you can ask a Christian friend to explain it to you. It's at hand. If only we will make use of these things that are available to us. We cannot excuse ourselves and say, it's too hard or it's too far away. God has 
taken away those excuses out of us and He's brought the Word very nigh to us. This is it, friends. The user-friendly gospel, easy, accessible for us. But what is it? What is this gospel? We say it again. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I cannot be saved by my works. I cannot save myself by living a good life. I need a saviour as a sinner. The only way I can find acceptance with God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. What did Christ do for me? What did Christ do for sinners? He went to Calvary's cross and he suffered and died in great agony, bearing in his mangled body and in his tortured soul above all the sins, the penalty of, of sin, the, the penalty of sins of all who will trust in his name. He bore it all. This is what Christ has done. This is what the Savior has done. Somebody else has taken my place so that if I trust Christ, God will forgive me. God will uh, pardon me all my sins. And God will give me entrance into heaven. That's it, friends. Believe in Christ. What must I do to be saved? One man in the Bible asked, and the Apostle Paul answered, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Believe in Him. Believe in what Christ has done uh, for you, for, uh, what Christ has done on Calvary's cross. Trust only in Him. Turn from your sins and yield your life over to Christ. It's so simple. It's hard for our pride, but the message is plain and easy to understand. Well, I close with this. Friends, one more reason why God speaks so plainly to us is that we may receive it, is that we may embrace it. These things, the Apostle John wrote, these things are written that ye may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. So we close with this. What will you do with this message? Look at uh, the words here of, uh, of Moses in verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. What will you do with this message so plainly made known to you? If you reject it, friends, you're choosing death. If you reject the Savior and will have nothing to do with Him and you say, I will go my own way, you're making us a conscious decision and choosing death. You're choosing separation from God. Don't do that, friends. Don't make that wrong choice. That's the worst decision you can make in life. Choose the Lord. Receive this message. In receiving this message, you are choosing life. Life, that spiritual life that God will give you now and in the world to come eternal life. Oh, choose life, friends. Choose the right way. Choose God's way. Be done with your own way. Be done with going down your own path. Choose the Lord. Listen to Him.
Ask Him if you still haven't grasped it. Ask Him to give you understanding. He will teach you. He will help you to see clearly the way of salvation. And He will give you life if you believe and trust in His name. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, our God, we again bless and thank you that you have made this gospel so easy and clear and vivid even for us to understand, so lucid. Lord, we are thankful uh, for these things. We know that we are not great in our uh, intellects or uh, we are not those who are, can fly with those who are intellectually so able. But Lord, we are simple people and yet we have these words communicated to us from you. Oh, what a privilege. Oh, what a blessing, Lord, and how grateful we are for these things. Bless us then. Help us all, each one, to receive these things, not from, uh, from man, but from your very own mouth. Bless us and grant that we may make that right choice in life to choose the Saviour and to choose life. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's close by singing our final hymn, which is number 404, I Bring My Sins to Thee, a very simple but straightforward hymn, 404.